Today on the podcast, I had the pleasure of interviewing Angela Prophet. Angela is an award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO of GSD Creative. She is no stranger to the spotlight and is currently the host of the Business Unveiled podcast. As a consultant with several books, as well as as being an in-demand speaker, Angela has appeared on ABC, CMT, TLC, and E, as well as other national networks. With a degree in psychology and proven expertise in productivity strategies that scale your business, her work has been featured in publications such as Inc., Success, US Weekly, and People Magazine. When she's not speaking, writing, or creating content, Angela can be found working with other CEOs, executives, entrepreneurs, and solo entrepreneurs to implement and master processes that can turn any business into a profitable business. Today on the podcast, we talk all about people and how to be able to understand how to communicate clearly and effectively for the success of the business, how to be much more productive and to use technology to work smarter, not harder, all the productivity hacks to give you the more time, more money, and more space to allow success to follow. I'd love to introduce you to Angela Prophet. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset, and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. It's with great pleasure that I welcome a new guest onto the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure and I'm so excited to dive into this conversation because it's one of these things that we all know that we need to do. We need to be more productive. We need to use our time better. We need to use technology to the best of our abilities. And so I would love to just first to just to dive in, share a little bit of your journey and how you have come to now create GSD Creative and what you're doing now with with the people that you work with. Sure. So GSD Creative was built off of my own personal tragedy, as some people would call it. I like to look at it as opportunity, but I went to school to be a psychologist. And this was back when we had towers uh, on the ground for our computers And it was my last year of my last week, right before I graduated college. And I had six months worth of patient data and I needed that data to graduate. And my friend sent me an email and it, my computer got a virus. And so I, and I lost everything. So I went to the computer doctor and the guy was like, honey, didn't you back up on a floppy drive? And I'm like, what's a floppy drive? <laughs> so real quick, I learned, um, cause I had to stay up for three days and recreate six months worth of work to graduate. I did not like school. I like to learn hands-on, not so much studying. And so I really wanted to graduate on time. And so I recreated that project. I did graduate on time. And then a week later, my car was broken into and my beautiful paper planner that, you know, had my monogram, which I'm from the South. That's what we do. And it was very personal to me, but everything was in there. I wrote everything down. I was super type A. I loved to cross things off and it was stolen. I don't care about my wallet or my money. Like don't take my planner. And so with those things happening to me back and back to back, I really started to understand that I needed to find a better way because I never, ever wanted to fill this empty. And at the time, you know, I lost all my pictures. I I lost all my contacts. I mean, we're much further along than we were back then 25 years ago. So when jump drives came out and hard drives and the cloud and Dropbox and Google Drive and Box.com and all of those things started to come out, I was on a lot of the beta groups and I learned those platforms really quickly. And I also learned how to have an online calendar so that I could share my calendars with people. You know, back then it just started with my family I didn't know that God was like setting me up to manage millions of details and millions of dollars, you know, years later as an entrepreneur. So 
for me, all of the technology stuff came out of me personally going through that. And then in addition, working in a mental hospital, I worked with a lot of people, believe it or not, super successful people. But like, I think of one patient who was suicidal because his whole building burnt down and his business and the files and the papers, and he, he lost everything. So at a very young age, I saw how when you don't protect your assets digitally, when you run a company and you're an entrepreneur, it can um, really affect your life in, in a negative way. And I never wanted to wait for a tragedy to do that. So that's how I started to do what I'd love to do. <laughs> what a story. Amazing. And right? I, I love how like, I'm, I'm such a believer that we are completely set up like that. Like I think like the, some of the unique things that you learn along the way through your journey. And then all of a sudden it just sets you up to be this incredible entrepreneur. Like I remember when I was in high school, I took an elective to learn how to be a radio presenter. This was way before podcasts were even a thing. And who knew that those, those skills would actually come back to support me creating a podcast. Like it's just crazy awesome. how some of these things happen. Hey. Yep. So, so now awesome. tell us a little bit more about who you help and how you help them. Yeah. So it's funny because many, many years ago when I was a new entrepreneur, um, it wasn't cool to have all these consultants, like, because it didn't exist. So I was at the library because we didn't have internet back then. <laughs> and so I know how hard it was to learn the hard way. And I was a control freak. I'm like, nobody can do it as good as me. And, but then I realized like, oh, I can't grow without people. <laughs> I can't grow without creating a team and I can't grow without creating an internal process and a, a client outsourcing process. So I really, and I did, I kind of learned the hard way. And so my heart is with the new business owners who have a passion and they have a purpose, but they just don't know the business side of things yet. And that was me many years ago. And so we serve people, some, some people mainly online by creating products that are going to help them through their journey as they're building a business and getting through all the financial stuff that you know, un unless you, you're a certain personality, like I don't love running the business, but thankfully now I, I have a business manager and accountant and I have a lot of help, but, and I've, I'm able to outsource the things that A, I shouldn't do and B, I don't want to do. But at one point I was doing everything by myself. And, and so I know how that feels. Um, and, but then most of the clients now that we work hands-on with are, investors, they're in their second, third, fourth company, um, or it's a, a side project or a real estate investment. So we'll go in and help them hire the right people, set up their processes. So everything's in the cloud and set them up on the right technology, the right software, the right um, customer service management system, CRM systems. We'll help them oftentimes with some of their marketing, their sales funnels, automation, and then making sure that we're setting them up long-term to be a profitable company, hopefully within the first year and not have to wait five years to get that ROI, that return on investment. And so there's two very different groups of people, but I know that the newer business owners with the right resources and the right information, they will get there because they've got the drive and they've got the passion to do it. Yeah. So we, we definitely help both sides. Yeah. Awesome. And I love how you spoke about like, we either are one of those who are like control freak or you realize that, hang on a minute, I really shouldn't be doing some of these tasks. And I think like early stages, we do do everything because we don't have the income to obviously outsource it, but there definitely comes a time where you're like, actually, you're right. Like I, if I'm going to grow, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm delegating, I'm outsourcing, I'm recognizing where my zone of genius is and where I should be spending my time. So what would you say some of the first things people usually do? Like we get to the point where we either are so caught up in regards to everything that we have on our to-do list and we don't have the time to do it all, or we're trying to hold control. Is that what you see? 
Yeah. And, and also too, I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with just trust, but it also has to do with becoming a leader. And when you are, when you're starting to outsource and you start to grow a team, you really have to become a, an effective leader, which means you have to over-communicate. Yeah. And for some leaders, I mean, even myself to this day, you know, I think in my head, I'm like, if I just did it myself, I could do it so much faster than me explaining it to you on how to fix it. But I never do that. And I have had great mentors who are so smart for, I get a, men, a new mentor every single year. And I've been doing it this, I'm probably on year 12 or 13 doing it. And I learned different things from every mentor. But one of my mentors said, if you fix the problem yourself, you're never going to be able to go on vacation and check out and say, peace, I'm out for two weeks. And I'm like, what? But that's what kind of hit me. Yeah. And so in, instead of, and, and I don't ever see it as someone making a mistake as I do as taking a step back as a leader and saying, this was my fault that you didn't exceed the expectation or even meet the expectation because I didn't, I failed to explain it more thoroughly. And there were, there's sometimes where, you know, I've worked with people and they're like, well, you're just so busy. I don't want to bother you and ask you any questions. I'm like, listen, my favorite word is clarify. That door is always open. If you don't understand something, you need to ask. (laughs) And so instead of fixing the problem, I will show the person that's in charge of it, how to do it. Now I'm, I might, it might take me you know, two extra hours that day, but think about the future. You're setting them up for success because I want the people in my company to be way more successful than me. So it frees up my time to go and do what I actually love to do, which is to speak and sell and, and teach because when I'm, when I'm teaching and sharing, ultimately that does result in some type of a sale for the company. And so you've got to take a step back and and really think about how you're using your time. And even think about it from a long-term perspective rather than a short-term, right? Because if you're in the moment, you're like, oh my God, I have to teach them. This is quicker if I just fix it myself. You're actually thinking too short-term. Whereas if you think about like, this is an opportunity to teach, an opportunity for them to learn so then they can do it better next time. And I think like what, that's one of the biggest things that I see a lot of leaders and the leaders that I work with is that they really struggle to, communicate what's going on in their minds to what needs to happen on the outside right so it's like they expect their employees to be mind readers and then get upset when they don't do it properly (laughs) right right and then it's like hang on a minute did you communicate that standard did you clearly articulate how you wanted them to do it did you communicate to them in the way that they can understand right because I think one of the biggest things and I love that we're going to dive into this because I think when it comes to people yes you have to be a leader but you have to learn how to communicate right and I think when it comes to understanding people's different personalities it's so important to understand how then you're communicating the information so then they receive it and I think a lot of the time leaders really get caught up with it's actually it's two different ways it's kind of like I don't want to bother them because they're my like they have this people pleaser kind of element that sometimes comes into play or it's the opposite of like oh I should they should just know how to do it because I told them once right do you see that as well which is not, not the case. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about, let's start with people first, right? Because we're going to talk about processes and we're going to talk about productivity for sure. But let's start with people. So when we recognize it's time to now, obviously build our team, where do you think we should start first? Well, so the first thing is to make sure that you know who you are and how you are perceived. So you start with you first. And there are several psychology methodologies out there, tools that have been available to us for many, 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 many years. But there's a lot of entrepreneurs that never considered using a psychology assessment or a test or an activity or whatever you want to call it to grow their business. And so when I was in the mental hospital, not me as patient, but working in the mental hospital, we would do so many assessments on the patients that came in. And, and what I would observe is that they, when you, when you suffer a tragedy and then you're brought into an odd place and you're uncomfortable, your brain 
does not work in a normal way. It, it just doesn't. But there was one assessment that completely stood out from any other assessment that these patients went through. And so I had the activity therapy. So my, my sessions, I like to think were a little bit more fun. And we used an activity with colors and pictures, super elementary. In fact, when I first learned it, I'm like, this is a little hokey, but whatever, but it actually worked. And so I loved it. And so when I started my first business, I was using it, but I didn't really know that I was using it. And so how I started off with people is, um, and, and I didn't know why this was happening, but I would have people email me and say, I want to do this thing called an internship. And I'm like, why do people want to intern with me? Like, I don't get it. Like, this is so much work. And so this was way before like reality TV was, was out or even cool back then. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'll take free help because back that's what it was, you know, years ago. Um, but actually for me, that's what helped me grow my team. In fact, now, even to this day to work on our team, you have to do an 18, eight week internship before we will ever consider any type of relationship moving forward. So, and, and most of the people that intern, they do it for school credit, but it takes a lot of my time and energy and effort to teach them and answer their questions and groom them. And 90% of the people, when they come in and intern at the end of it, they're like, oh, hell no, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, this is hard. And I'm like, but, but that's the whole point. I'm like, I'm so happy that I was able to show you that hospitality is not for you. It's not for everybody. And that's okay. But there is, then there's the 10% who love it. They thrive off of making people happy. And when there's a challenge, they love fixing it. And so those are the 10% that either we help them get a job or they might, they might stay on my team. But that's how we've grown our team over the years is to pre-qualify people with a psychology methodology and then to also have them do an internship. Now, I'll share with you the four colors. So the methodology that we use is called True Colors. And it has nothing to do with the color of your skin, people, okay? <laughs> it has everything to do with the methodology. And so there's four types of personalities. And I'll just give you a really quick overview of the different type of people. So you're born a certain way, and then you have your work environment. <laughs> and so whenever we do this assessment with people, we and we do it with everybody. We do it with our vendors, our clients, because we are letting them know that psychologically, we are going to customize your experience based on how you need it. And now we've even got it down pat to where if somebody fills out the website form or comes in off of a DM, you know, or on social media, I can go look at their Pinterest or their, any of their social pages. And based on the way that it's organized or better yet unorganized, <laughs> I already know like what color they are and, and how to communicate with them. So your gold is very type A very much loves routine. And so on the pictures here, you've got like a guy pointing to a business plan, a home, a piggy bank, a house. These are all things that are screaming tradition and planned. And so gold people love that in business. These are people that are the most loyal people. They're not going to go start their own company because that's not how their brain works. They're not risk takers. They, if they need to clock in nine to five, they feel very comfortable and confident doing that. They're always early. They're prepared. Now they also work overtime. So they'll go clock out at five and then go back and work for four more hours because they're going to finish the project their way because their way is the right way. So like my right hand, Amanda, who manages all of our communication, our calendars, our client communication, I can count on her. And she's, she's been with me for years. She's very loyal, and, but I have to make myself available to make sure that I communicate the right things to her, meaning I need to put a deadline on it. 
she likes things in list format. She likes things. We have a a to-do list in, in a software program. And then if I need to elaborate, I'm a video girl. I don't, I'm not good with list. <laughs> and so I'll Marco Polo her, which is a free video texting app that we use to clarify. So I'm like, if you have anything that you need to clarify, you know, let me know. Now, from a client perspective, the goals, sometimes their expectations, they're a little bit hard to manage. And so with the goals, flexibility can be a little bit hard sometimes. So if it doesn't go exactly their way, they can come off a little bit abrasive, aggressive, rude, bossy. I don't perceive it that way at all because I understand what's going on in their head. I understand that they are used to being in control. They're used to being accountable for everything and everybody relies on them for everything. And so it's really hard for golds to outsource. And this was me for a long time. When I worked in healthcare and I had to chart on patients and I had to do it a certain way, I was good at it, but that's not really what made me happy in the long term. And so, but you can immediately pick up on golds. Like if you tell golds, oh, I'll send that to you later. When are you going to send it? Oh, you mean by the end of the business day, right? Somebody, one day somebody said EOB. I'm like explanation of benefits, which is like a healthcare thing here. And they're like, no, end of the business day. And I'm like, oh, um, I'll get it to you as soon as I can. You know, I'll never commit long-term because I'm not really gold. But the thing is you have to earn their respect. They're, they're, you, you ha- if you tell them you're going to do something and you don't do it, you've lost it. You're done. There's no going back. So for blues. Really high standards for themselves. Very, yeah. So the blues, they lead with emotion. And they wear their heart on their sleeve. And these are the people that are caretakers they, their happiness is driven from other people's happiness. So on the card, you see rainbows, doves, families laughing, hearts, families walking on the beach, Paris, smiley faces. They genuinely care. Now, sometimes blues get a little bit misunderstood where you will hear people who are not blue say, oh my God, you're so dramatic. (laughs) Like, why are you so needy? Why are you asking so many questions? Like quit smothering me. My mother's very blue. And so she asked a lot of questions, but you know, as an adult now, you know, she has a limit. I mean, we, we play this game. I'm like, mom, your five question limit, like we're good. (laughs) Um, but she cares. And like, you know, I appreciate that. So in business, people that are nurses, their customer service, they are taking care of your people and genuinely caring about them where clients, the blue clients do not and cannot make a decision alone. They have to have someone helping them or guiding them or pushing them along to know that they are making the right decision. And so oftentimes I see that blues are compromising their happiness to make other people happy. And so that's one thing that I try really hard. The other thing with blues, like at the end of the night on on some of the things, projects that we've done, they would rather have a hug and a thank you from the client than like a $500 tip. I mean, that's that's just money typically does not drive a blue. It just, it doesn't. So with greens, greens are very typically introverted, but these people are so smart. And so the greens are the complete opposite as the blues. They are analytical. They're driven by data and they're driven by research and research is fun to them. Learning and reading and developing new models. And if you think of Steve Jobs, he was like, you know, the epitome of green (laughs) who founded Apple. And so on the card, you see like science and data and telescopes and books and a sign that says who, what, when, where, how the, the favorite for green is why they ask a lot of questions because they're always trying to clarify. Um, These are like your best attorneys and a lot of physicians that just study and research because they love to learn. They're never going to stop learning. 
So where blues from a client perspective, they come in, they hug, they're like, oh my God, I know your dogs. I saw them on social media. I brought your dog's treats. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks. Where green people are like, um, they'll shake your hand. They don't need a hug. And they just want the facts. Yeah. They don't need any touchy, feely, emotional stuff. So in business, the people nowadays with social media and ads and analytics and like if you were going to open a store or a restaurant in a new location, you would hire a green to do the research for you because they're going to dig, 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 dig. Because if you're not green, then you're not going to do this stuff because your brain doesn't really operate like that. Yeah, and so it's really important when you're building a company to have all four of these colors. It's so important. And so last but not least, we have the orange. And now everybody has all four colors, but you definitely have a brighter color and a paler color. And it can change given your environment. It did for me when I was in healthcare, my, my colors were completely reversed. But then when I actually said, okay, I'm just going to focus on my own company, really take on this entrepreneur thing. That's when I really started to become the happiest and thrive. And so I am an orange. And so on the card, you see um, mountain climbing, you see an eagle soaring, snowboarding, gambling, skydiving, people jumping, roller coasters, like these are your risk takers. So we jump before we think about it. And for me, <laughs> it's been really bad sometimes because I'm like, oh, we lost a lot of money. That was probably not the best idea, but we, we fail fast. And then we get up and we surround ourselves with the right people to help us get to where we need to go or where we want to go. So a lot of entrepreneurs are orange because they're the risk takers. They, they don't think too much into something where now it's like when you have all four colors on your company team, you know, I come up with some crazy ideas sometimes. And then I have the green saying, but wait a minute, this is only going to work if we have it. We need to test it. We need to AB split test it. We need to look at the data. We need to poll our audience. We need to ask all these questions to make sure that this is actually a good idea and it's actually going to be profitable. And then I've got the blue saying, well, how is that going to make people feel when they get it? So they bring in the emotional side to it. And then I've got the gold person saying, well, what's the deadline? What's the project deadline? And how many hours and how many people need to be put on this project? And so by me surrounding myself with those different types of colors, I don't have to work as hard. And so it's, it's really awesome because we push each other. And instead of arguing or fighting or creating drama, it's like, I can just go in and say, listen, quit being so blue. We're not going to cry about this. You think you made a mistake. It's okay. Let's go back through, figure out what happened, get to the bottom of it. Let's clarify. And how can we fix it? And how can we make sure it never happens again? Then that's how processes are built out of that. But for us, the people, that's the whole foundation of understanding how people perceive you. And for people who are not orange, they probably think that I'm reckless. I don't think things through. I'm multitasking. I'm not paying attention. I am just out there doing things, you know, frivolously <laughs> where I should really take a step back and look before, you know, I go left or right. So yes, some of that is true, but we, I perceive myself as being flexible, fun. If you make a mistake, we can laugh about it. I'm not going to cuss you out. I might be irritated for a hot minute, but typically it's my fault because I didn't explain it to you the correct way in the first place. So it, it's a balance between knowing how people perceive you. And then more importantly, how can you customize the message the way that person needs to hear it, whether it's a customer or a client or a team member um, this is why, I mean, I use it in my own family in my own personal life. Like I have to remember that my mother is one way. My father was a really high gold. And so he worked for the same company for 30 years. When I said I was going to quit the hospital and do my own thing, he's like, are you on drugs? What is wrong with you? 
But I, I'm like, we're not even going to have this conversation because the way your brain is wired and the way my brain is wired is two different ways. And I don't want to disrespect what you're telling me, but I'm bored. And this is not happiness for me. And so, you know what, if it doesn't work, I can go back to the hospital. I can fall back on my degree and I'm pretty sure they'll take me back. And I never looked back, but we've got to be able to know that we're going to ad- agree to disagree sometimes. And that's okay. That's my people portion. Love it. Love it. And I think like when you hire like that, you're also hiring to people's strengths, right? Because if like, if we hired a green to be in a customer service position, there'd be issues, <laughs> right? Like, Big time. Need the blues in, the, in that position. And that's because it's part of already not only their personality, but who they are, right? Like it's, it's deeper than just personality. I love that. I use a very similar um, behavioral profiling tool as well. And I absolutely love it. And I think it's so key when you're hiring as well as communicating with your clients. So key. Um, so I think like when you, <laughs> when you then even go to that next kind of level with it and then help them improve your, com- your communication as a leader, how do you see that that then affects productivity? Oh my gosh, it changes everything. Because if I address people the way that they need to be addressed. So for example, even I mean, we have a client right now who is orange. I'm a potty trained orange. And I, I say that with love because at some point in our adult life, whatever that means is we have dealt with potty training, whether it's a dog or a cat or a baby, you can relate to it. And so I'm a potty trained orange where I know when I need to customize the message. So for example, we have a client right now who's very orange and he's just all over his, all over the place. His team does not like him. And so we're trying to explain to them, you know, we go in and we do, we do the true colors methodology, um, how he needs, how they need to approach him as, as a team and then vice versa. So for example, um, you know, let's just take the golden in my company. If I'm like, Hey, can you write this sales funnel? And, um, we want to sell this, this thing online. Um, you know, like, let's just say we want to, we want to sell a new lip gloss and, uh, it's got a mirror. Not everyone does that. And it has a light in it. Like, woohoo, go for it. And she's like, what, wait a minute. What do you mean? Um, who's the target audience and um, what's the deadline and what are the sales goals? And uh, is, are these for teenage girls or is this more for a career woman that is in her thirties? Is this safe? If, if you wear a mask underneath, like there's so many things. So instead of me doing that, you know, I pull the team together And I'm like, here's an idea. And this is blah, 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 blah. I love this lip gloss and I know we can sell it. And so, you know, then you pull in the different colors, but if you just tell somebody to do something just because they've done it in a previous role, you've got to give them the tools and the resources. Otherwise they're going to feel like a failure and likely you're not going to be happy with the results Mm. because you didn't think through every single color and every single thing that needed to be flushed out before you actually launch. Mm -hmm. I mean, the other thing she would say is, well, this is taupe. This is one color. And so why don't we pull the audience and ask them like, what's their favorite color? And if we're going to run it for holidays, maybe we should run more of a red pink rather than a fall taupe. I mean, and this, I just had this sitting here on my desk, like I'm totally making this up, but it's like, you really have to stop and think through these things just because you think it's a good idea. Doesn't mean it's a good idea. In fact, this is what put me in my place as a leader. When my green team would split test pictures to, to use in marketing campaigns And they would say, well, what do you want to use? And I'm like, well, I like this. And what we learned about me is I have emotional attachment and I have my favorites, my favorite photographers. I have my favorite clients. (laughs) And so I would choose pictures from my favorite photographers, my favorite venues and my favorite clients. But guess what? 
they, that didn't convert. People did not click on that. So they go split test other images with different colors, different, different backgrounds and whatever people, the consumer would click on, that's what wins. Mm. And so we allow the consumer to decide. And as a leader, you have to take a step back and realize what you like and what other people like. It doesn't always resonate Mm. and, and that's okay, but you have to take a step back because the data doesn't lie. It is very black and white. There is no gray. Mm. And so I'm constantly like over here living in the gray, but it's also put me in my place Mm. to stay in my lane, keep coming up with your crazy ideas and then let the team do what they're best at you know, individually based on their color. So when you don't do that, the productivity not only goes way down, but the company culture and the morale goes way down. And so when the company culture is not healthy, the productivity is shot. And not only are people not listening, if they're not engaged, if they don't feel heard, like they're actually part of something, even the green people, if they run these reports and you give it to them and they don't use your data and look at your numbers to make a business decision, I guarantee you that's a, the last time they're going to do it for you. And if you continue to employ them and keep them on your team, you're going to notice the reports getting go from really thick to really, really thin. Yeah. Because why put in the work? when you're not even paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's role is important to make sure from a productivity perspective that they are operating at the highest and the best that they can. Mm. I even love using like, whether it's True Colors or any other platform like that, even using it as a decision-making process. Like thinking about like, what are some of the decisions that you need to make, like the the bigger decisions and actually consider from each perspective, like, you know, with the blue, obviously you're going to, who is it going to connect with? What's important to the people? And who do you need on your team with regards to that? What research do you need to do? Where do we need to take some risks, right? So it's like looking at every element and being able to, I just love using it as a decision-making process as well because we're always going to lean into what our own strength is. And if we're, we're risk, take, risk takers and action takers and we jump first, we don't consider some of the things that maybe the green would actually look at that we hadn't considered before, right? And I think it's such a cool way to to use it in a well-rounded way it's not just about others it's about ourselves as well absolutely blind spots when you don't have all the colors you have blind spots (laughs) the way to put it for sure all right so I'd love to now dive into a little bit more into productivity because we talked a little bit about like actually processes and productivity because I think when it comes to once we've employed that team the other key element around you know taking your business to the next level is utilizing our time much more efficiently yeah Absolutely. So what are some of the things that you would suggest people would start with when it regards to, you know, elevating their growth and their business and their profit? And what, what are some of the time wastes? Maybe we'll start there. What are some of the time wasters? So the time, the number one time waste is trying to find your stuff. Like, oh my gosh, I, I know I wrote that down somewhere. Let me find that in a note or let me find that post-it note or, oh my gosh, I was taking notes. Which notepad is that? Which that all drives me crazy because here's the thing. If there were a fire or there were a flood or a tornado or any of that stuff, your paper would be gone. Now, listen, I'm a designer. I love going into a completely empty warehouse and drawing and just say we could do this and this and this and drawing. I love my sketch pad, but the iPad does that. And it's backed up on the cloud. I still love my, my paper for a sketch pad. And I love the big post-it notes for strategy days. And we use that in real time. But at the end of the day, I take a picture. It goes in the client's Dropbox. My clouds, are, my, my pictures are also backed up in the cloud. It goes into the client's Dropbox. It's named appropriately. So when you set up processes for yourself, You can always go and find things quickly. I'm going to show you. Well, I don't know where my phone is, but on your phone, people are like, how do you work from your phone? And and you have everything at your fingertips. Well, on the back end, on our computers, we have everything organized. So let's take the free stuff, Dropbox and Google Drive. 
we use both of them for totally different things. And I'll, I'll tell you what we use them for. But if I, I, I hear people say all the time, well, I hate Dropbox. I hate my phone. I hate the cloud. I hate using Google Drive. Even today, right before I came on with you, there was a lady that I was talking with and she's like, I can't find any of my stuff in my Google Drive. And I'm like, well, I sent you the link. And so I said, let me see. She shared her screen. And I said, well, the reason you're frustrated is because you don't know where your stuff is being mapped. I sent you a link to this email address. But if you go up into your Google Drive, you're logged into your personal. So you've just got to simply go up, click the logo and log in under your company and toggle back and forth. And so the problem is we're so busy and there's so much noise we don't take five minutes to figure out what is the problem. Why can't we find stuff? Well, you can't find things because you don't know where they're being mapped. And there's definitely not a naming process, which is the other problem is where like we have a naming process. So every client has a folder and within each folder are templates and they're all named. So typically like if we have a deadline for something or if it's for a sales funnel launch or a book launch or an event party, we, it's the date first, and then the client's first name, last name, and then everything within that client's folder. So think of it as like a filing cabinet, you know, back in the day where you had a notebook or you had manila folders from A to Z. So it's essentially the same thing, but you're doing it in the cloud. And so all of my team members, when we start a document, we don't go into word or pages or Excel or PowerPoint, we go straight to Google Drive and we create a Word document and a doc, a sheet and a Google Sheet, the PowerPoint and slides. So we start every document and we're all potty trained to do this in the cloud. You never have to hit save and we automatically name it. It goes in the client's folder and it's shared with the client. Now, we do have internal things that we keep on the cloud, but most of our documents, we share the folders with the clients. If they're orange, they never look at them. If they're gold, they look at them every day. <laughs> and that's okay, but that's the point. And so we use Dropbox to drop things in for our clients to see that we are not editing. So if we're working on something with 15 different vendors, we'll drop the quotes in there, we'll drop floor plans in there, design stuff in there. And then if we're editing something constantly, we have a Google Doc or a Google Sheet. So for example, for budgets, we are constantly editing those while something is going on actively with a client. And we share that as well. You can do editing access, you can do viewing access. The other thing too is on my phone, when you set it up really nicely on the computer, when you go to the free apps on your phone, everything is organized. At least ours is because we do it by date and then it, you can sort it by alphabetical order as well. But when you don't put your documents in a folder and you don't name them and map them, and it literally takes five seconds to do this, if you potty train your brain that way, then of course you hate these things because you can't find them. And of course you think, well, I can just go to my planner or my notepad and pull it out faster guess what? You know where it is, but your team doesn't know where it is. And you cannot delegate that way. You cannot productively hand a bunch of post-it notes to someone and, and explain your shorthand. It doesn't work like that. And so having some type of tool where, and, and there's so many these days, we, uh, our CRM is Infusionsoft. My team calls it Confusionsoft because it's, it can be a little um, but I don't like the to-do list in there. And so we don't use it. If I have to click more than two times on my phone, I'm not going to use it. That's my rule. So we use an app called Todoist and, and all of these things I'm telling you, they all have a free version. Now, when you start actually really getting into using it, you're going to have to invest a little bit for, for software. However, to me, it's a security blanket and, I run my companies so much more productively because all of my team members know where to find things. So guess what? If something happened to me or if I was on vacation and I mean, look at what happened in 2020 with COVID. I was in Vegas the night everything shut down, the NBA shut down. 
I finally got on a red, red eye and got home. But if there was something that everybody needed at home with our clients, they still had access to everything. They knew where it was. And so that's the biggest productivity problem is if you would just take the time to set up the systems and the processes in the cloud with a plan, then you don't have 10 people running around looking for things or driving to the office to look for things. It's all there, but you've got to create that internal process. So that's the biggest thing is just, I see a time suck every single day where people are looking for documents and files and their notes where there is a way better way to do it. Absolutely. And I love, I love that. And it's like having that foresight to think ahead, like what are people going to need in the future? And when I was actually talking to a client about this the other day, like, even though you're at a stage now where you're starting, she was just starting to employ. So she's just bringing on one team member. I want you to start thinking further ahead and go, okay, so for the fourth and the fifth team member, what are some of the things you're going to need to train more than once? And how can you actually start to create that now, create that system, create that process now. So then when you onboard them, it's much easier and, and less time wasting, right? Like it's such a whole, and it's actually much, much nicer onboarding process for the employee as well. Um, and so one of the things that I suggested that she do is anything that she needs to, to do where she actually trains something, whether it's with just how she's speaking about how we handle a certain thing or whether she's actually teaching something on her computer is actually just record it. Like just record a little video yes. and then start to store those in different files and naming them so specifically is really key, right? Because it's like, you've got to be able to find them and start thinking like as a company rather than a solo entrepreneur. 100%. I love video and I love being able to record my screen and showing someone how to do it. But you also have to remember that, and this is why content creation is so important to understand how consumers need it. And so when we, when I do a video, then my team will take it, put subcaptions on it. They transcribe it. So then it becomes a blog, which is essentially free SEO with keywords. And so the oranges are going to watch a video over reading a two-page email any day. Um, same thing like in, in sales funnels. And so knowing how people are going to consume and how they're going to learn best, that is key to be, to be able to teach someone. And usually if you just ask people like, Hey, how do you learn best? Like if I give you a, a list in bullet form, or if I give you a manual that's five pages long, or if I just show you a video of how to do it, what do you prefer? What do you like best? And how they answer is probably going to tell you what color they are, because that is, we all have our own way of learning. And, but, but that's the key. That's the key to communication to making sure that you're actually training someone the way they need to hear it. Just because I like video doesn't mean that a green person or a gold person, they could watch it, but they're going to be making their own list and creating their own process. And sometimes <laughs> because we even have clients that say, so I watched this video and I tried to follow the steps, but your mouse was moving so quickly. And you like, they'll send me screenshots and they're like, your mouse stopped here, but you didn't explain what that was. And I will completely just bl blow over a step because I'm so close to it. And so, but I love it when people tell me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm so sorry. Like you, you have to do this and this and this before you get there, which again, it helps you become a better communicator and a better leader when you leave the door open for criticism and for people to give you feedback on how you can be better. Oh, I totally agree. And I think we cannot learn without it, right? We cannot grow. We cannot move forward if we don't understand what things aren't working and what better way to share that is like literally take the feedback from the people that work with you, from your employees, from your customers, like every element of it. I'm such a firm believer in that. So I wanted to dive in now next to what we were talking about we kind of alluded to it, but we didn't really dive into it, was really being able to create space. Like when we think about giving ourselves more time, we're starting to look at what are the time wastes in the business and then starting to look at how we can create systems and processes to maximize on our time and become more efficient. Why do you feel it's so important to create that extra space? Well, if you don't, you will get this thing called burnout real quick. <laughs> 
And so if you don't protect your time and, and going back to time, the number one thing is to time block. And what I mean by that is to look at, we all have the same amount of hours in the day. How do you want to spend those hours? If you're a new business owner or you've got a side hustle, you're going to start to become aware of people wanting more and more of your time. The more successful you become, the more you're going to see people wanting your time, the more you serve in the community and people understand that you can, they can rely on you and you make magic, you make things happen. They're going to keep asking for your time. And it feels amazing to be needed and wanted, but there comes a point where everybody has an agenda, but what's you have, you have to stop and say, what is making me happy? What is driving my goals and my initiatives for what I'm doing? And if it's not on that list, which this is something that I do believe in is like, write it down and put it in front of you. <laughs> so I mean, we have a huge whiteboard in the office. I even have one in my home office that it's like, these are our goals. These are our initiatives. And there's all types of opportunities that come our way. There's lots of shiny pennies, <laughs> but when you don't focus, you don't have an end result and nothing grows. And so if you have three goals for the year, whatever it may be, you must put time on the calendar to block so that you can get into that mindset. Like podcasts, for example, we only do podcasts typically once a month and I'll talk to 12 people a day. Now people think I'm a little crazy, but every person is different. Every guest has a different story and a different journey. And so I never get bored. But if I did that every single day back to back, I would get pretty burned out and my headphones would hurt my head and I'd probably end up getting a headache. So, and then for content, for videos, we do it once a month. And so all the questions that come in off of social media, people asking about productivity and time management and how are you everywhere and how are you here and how are you there? It's because we plan ahead and we batch all of our stuff. And so, you know, then that, that's two days out of the month, right? They're gone. Then I teach GSD power hours, which is power hours. that's get shit done, like qu just quick tips. And that's once a month, a whole day. And then one day a week, we do client meetings and in person. <laughs> and then now it's over zoom. And so trying to put a structure around how to meet your goals is necessary. Now, I do realize some of us are moms, some of us have kids, some of us have dogs. I mean, there is just life. Life happens. And so there has to be a level of flexibility that you're going to be okay with. But the distractions of the social media notifications, the distractions of unplanned phone calls when you're not prepared, the distractions is the problem that you've got to make sure that you are nurturing yourself, your brain, your business, your mind, your health, your company, the growth of your company in a way to where you put yourself in that mindset of like, okay, today we're going to do this in my head. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Like, I'm not kidding. I put my family time, my gym time, and it may seem a little annoying at first. And I am flexible. Like, you know, shit happens. Things come up. It's life. But generally, 85% of the time, if I want to drop a new book or launch a new video series, like I have to put time on my calendar and protect it as though I'm going to meet with a client. Because you would never set a meeting with a client and set them up. I mean, otherwise your business <laughs> wouldn't really grow in a positive way. So don't do it to yourself. So make sure that you're saying yes to the right things and also client work, like make sure you're saying yes to the right opportunities rather than just saying yes to every single thing when you don't know if this is going to be the right opportunity. I mean, I said yes for 10 years to everything, ended up with 
over 250 clients one year. And then I sit down with my new accountant who told me I made no money because I didn't sure. track my time. I didn't appropriately price out my services for the type of lifestyle that I was used to living. And when I had a job in healthcare and so all of these things, you know, I felt like someone had just punched me in the heart and the stomach really hard because I'm like, I worked so hard that year. My hair was falling out. I'd gained weight. I wasn't taking care of myself at all. I was doing so much for other people. And my mom and my family would say, if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of anybody else? But like, I wouldn't listen. And, you know, I had a mentor that said, why are you doing all of this? What's your purpose? Like, do you, do you need more money? It had actually had nothing to do with the money. We had money in the bank. That wasn't the problem. I didn't know boundaries. And I, I, I had a really hard time with boundaries, but once it was brought to my attention and I was given the tools on how to say yes or no, and give myself permission to protect that time on the calendar, which guess what? Nobody needs permission except you. You've got to give yourself the permission and you don't need to give excuses. You don't have to tell people your business. The bottom line is like, I hate saying like, we're so busy or we're booked. Like, I'm just like, we're committed that week to a client mm -hmm. project. And so when your project comes around, you would want us to be just as committed, right? So, you know, we have people all the time say, well, can't you just squeeze me in for 15 minutes? No, because it, 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 that doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. And so, you know, we simply have to say like, we're already committed this week or the next available date is this. And so when you actually start to project your time out for your clients and for your business and for yourself, I have found people to be much less stressed and much more content. Now it doesn't happen overnight. It took us, it took me about two years to really get into a rhythm and especially for women, it's hard to say no, because I do, I want to help everyone, but also we can't be everything to everybody because then you're not good at anything. You're, you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And I say that because I was that girl for a long time and I really had to get professional help from mentors who, you know, had done that before to teach me ways to eloquently say, no, I hate saying no, but I'm like, you know, that's not in our plans this year. Thank you for thinking of me and, you know, try to refer them on to someone else or to, to really fulfill what they need. And sometimes like, it's not the best fit and it might not be the timing for the company. Like, I don't want to take on too much because I've been there and then everyone's service suffers because you're not focused. Yeah. You're so right. You're so right. And I think that the more that you can get clear on that and be able to say no in an eloquent way, it's taking your power back, right. And honoring your clients, honoring yourself and being able to do the best you can with what you have. Right. And I think when you really honor and you have that own self-commitment, even your commitment to your own schedule. Like, you know, I'm, I'm such a firm believer as that as well, like time block and schedule it into your diary and it more likely will happen. And when you have those clear goals, you can then start to look at, okay, when you get those opportunities coming in, you can literally ask yourself, like, if I say yes to this, what's it going to cost me? Because the hard part is that when we get more efficient with our time and we start to delegate and we start to offload all of the extra stuff that used to fill up our time, it could be so easy just to fill that time with other stuff, right? Unless you have a clear plan on where you want to take your business, you can end up filling it just with more admin. <laughs> this is always more admin. Whereas if we actually focus on what are the key things, what are your key priorities that you need to achieve, schedule those into the diary and then honor them. Like it's one of the biggest things is honoring it because it can be so easy. Like you said, get so distracted and get, and then three months have gone by and you're like, oh, I had that on my list of goals and I haven't done anything towards it. Yep. The vicious cycle. Vicious. It is. Amazing. Oh, I've loved this conversation, Angela. This has been so good. Just to kind of finish up, what I would love for you to do is just to share, if someone wanted to take their business to the next level, what would be some advice you'd give them? So again, the first thing is, you know, you've got to have the right people. There are a lot of tech tools out there that you can set up automation. 
Um, I would say the first thing, the most important thing is you can start with the simple stuff. So what can you automate that is simple and it doesn't cost a lot of your time. It doesn't cost a lot of money. In fact, a lot of things we've started out with, they were all free. And the first thing is being able to pre-qualify clients and potential clients like coming into your funnel. And so the first thing we typically go into with a, a new business and say, okay, we need some type of a contact form on your website. And if you don't have a website, that's the first thing, <laughs> build a website. And, you know, I love some of the platforms nowadays because they make it really, really easy where you can watch a YouTube video and drag and drop. And you know what? It doesn't have to be perfect, but there's, there's things like lead pages and Kajabi that completely host everything for you and just have something that is out there getting a foundation for who you are, what, what's your name, what do you offer? And a Facebook page is not a website. And then think of the questions that you want to ask these people, like other than like your name, your phone number, your email, like that's whatever. But it's like, how can we help you? What are your needs? What are your expectations? What's the best time to reach you? When I had an events company, we would have people fill it out and say, what's the best time to meet? They're like the weekend. And I'm like, okay, you're contacting me about a wedding. And if we do weddings, we're working on the weekends. Like our Monday, Tuesday, your Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday in corporate America is our Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I don't even know what day of the week it is half the time, but that tells me that I need to educate them that most weekends, if we're working weekends, we're not available. It's not because we don't want to meet with you. It's because we're focusing and committed to that client relationship on that date. And so, you know, you do have to ask a lot of questions to make sure that you're going to be able to communicate with these people the way they need to be communicated with. And so that's the first thing. It's like, if you have a contact form, you can automate a response, not to, to sound like a robot, but it really does elevate your customer service. So anything as simple as using MailChimp, which is free up until about a few thousand contacts, but you can hook that up to your, your web form. And then anytime someone fills it out, you can have an automated response to say, you know, here's a little bit about me. Here's a little bit, bit about what we offer. Some people want to put prices out there, which is totally fine, but at least let them know, Hey, we got your email. We got it. The same thing with, listen, if you don't have a website, fine, then you probably have a Facebook page. Make sure it's a Facebook business page. So you're getting the analytics. And also if you ever decide to set up an ads account and a business manager, Facebook account, or even Instagram, which goes through business manager, that it's another big mistake I see people make is they use their personal account for everything. You cannot get analytics. You cannot retarget. You cannot monetize anything on a personal account at all. And so if you're using a Facebook business page, there's free chat bots out there where you can put in your top most frequently asked questions that, and it pops up 24 seven, you can set the office hours and it's like, how can we help you? Um, I'm looking for a cake. Well, and, and let's say you're a bakery. Okay. Well, what kind of cake do you uh, need? How many people is it going to serve? What's your favorite flavor? Um, how many tiers do you want it to be? What is the date? Because some bakeries can only do so many things on one date. And so all these clarifying questions that you get constantly, those things can be automated. So that's like the first thing. If you're just a one woman or a one man show, listen, that was me for seven years. I get it. And back then automation did not exist. And so I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And so start with what you can automate. The next thing I would say is make a list of things that you do, that you love to do, and the things you don't like to do. And those are the things that you probably should start looking for people that are amazing at those things because they are going to do a way better job and that's going to help support the growth of your company. And so, you know, I have people, they're like, I can't afford someone else. Like I'm barely making ends meet. Well, that's when you get an intern and you go to the colleges or go to the schools and 
or reach out to them. And most of the universities have a contact form underneath. Internship programs are huge now. I mean, we have people that move here from other countries, like to intern and learn the ins and outs of like what we do. And so it it is kind of like taking a child under your wing, but you're going to learn and develop your leadership skills so much from it. And having someone shadow you for, you know, five, six, seven, eight weeks, you start to learn that what you put out, you're going to get back. So put the positivity out. And it also helps you, like you were saying, become clear, clear on your message. Because what's cool is if you video the intern the first week and say like, what are your expectations? What do you want to learn? And then eight weeks goes by and then it's like, okay, well, what did you learn about yourself? What did you think? And it's like a completely different person. You have helped this person evolve into something, which is the coolest thing. And then to help them take what you taught them and go soar, you know, spread your wings and fly as cheesy as it sounds, but that makes me, it makes me feel so good to know that I had an impact like on that person's life. And that can really be the first step to growing a team or trying it out. And again, like use a psychology methodology to interview some people. There's a lot of assessments online. There's Enneagram, there's Strength Finders. And there's so many different cultures, Culture Index, True Colors, but know yourself first. So and being self-aware is really important to, to become a really effective leader. But those are some starting points. And time block, just time block on an electronic calendar that's backed up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's one of the key things that I've taken away from our chat today is like back up everything. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Angela. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Can you share with us where we can find you, where we can hang out with you, spend more time with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can, my favorite platform right now is TikTok. We, we just started doing that. It's really fun. Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, my website, my, our company website, gsdcreative.com. My personal brand site is Angela profit with two F's and two T's.com. And then, you know, we're on all the social platforms as well. Amazing. Well, I'll make sure that I put all the links in the show notes so people can reach out and share what they took away from this episode. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom and all your experience and all the hacks. I've just loved every element of it. Yeah. And I'll also have Amanda share a true colors personality assessment with you all that your audience can take for free and learn more about their personality and how they can best communicate with other colors. Amazing. Thank you so much. That'll be so cool. So cool to play with. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the next level life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.